Hello, everyone, and welcome back to From the Felt, brought to you by the Texas Card House. My name is Ryan Crow, and I am very excited about the episode we have for you guys today. We have a very special guest with us, Mr. Wes Cutshaw, so really excited to talk to him and learn a little bit, a little bit more about his vlog and, and kind of his journey into poker stardom. Uh, but before we bring him on, I want to introduce our team. Uh, we have the Prince of Poker in Houston, Texas. He's also the owner and operator of iHost Poker, uh, Mr. Bill Hewer. Bill, how's it going, man? Hey, Ryan, it's going good. Houston is uh, a little rainy day today, getting ready for a 600-person tournament tomorrow. So you could say it's, it's a busy day around here. Nice, nice. Yeah, we have like a monsoon coming through Austin this morning, and I think it's supposed to come back this afternoon. The rain's been, been crazy, but nice and cool weather. It hasn't been too bad. Yeah. So you said a 600-person tournament. Where's that at? Is that, that's not the Texas Cardhouse, is it? No, I wish it was. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's down at the Corinthian downtown. It's, uh, this is the 15th year we've hosted this tournament, and each year we've, we've beat last year's numbers. So last year was $1.4 million raised, and so tomorrow we're looking to beat $1.5 million. And you're raising this for? For the Yes Prep schools. They're charter schools here in Houston. Nice, nice. Well, it sounds like a good cause. Very yeah. good. Uh, also, we have with us a man who needs no introduction. He founded the first social card club in the state of Texas, the Texas Card House, uh, which led to the birth of the social card club industry. He's also the South Dakota Cadillac Jack 2019 Spring Classic Champion, Mr. Sam Von Kennel. Sam, how's it going? And I can't complain one bit. This is birthday week. We're turning five years old. And we got a big birthday bash coming up this weekend with Matt Berkey and the Solve for Why crew. So this is an exciting time to be at Texas Cardhouse. Yeah, and a little preview for our next podcast. We're actually going to take a journey through the last five years of, as essentially not only the birth of Texas Cardhouse, but the, the poker industry, or at least the current poker industry in Texas. So uh, I think we're planning to, to do that for our next one. Hopefully we'll have that in the next week or two. But for today... Uh, we have a very special guest with us, as I mentioned before, Mr. Wes Cutshaw. Wes, man, how's it going? What's up, poker people? It's going <laughs> well. I actually just got up for this, so I'm. Uh, this is my morning. He's fresh. He's ready to go. Yeah, I'm fresh. There you go. So, so tell me, what were you doing last night? Uh, editing the video. Um, video is coming out on Friday, and I spent all day yesterday working on the video. So it's a it's a three day process basically. So. Actually, it's even more than that. But uh, today will be probably the last day working on it, and I'll put it out for Friday. Nice. Yeah, I'm excited to hear more about that. But uh, before I kind of turn it over to Bill and Sam to kind of you know, ask about you, who you are, your life, and your journey, can you just kind of give us a, a, a quick stab to how this all started? Like, like what got you into poker? You know, how did this whole thing begin for you? I actually got into poker because I was playing spades with a bunch of friends, and that was actually – I was very competitive in spades – uh, in spades, you need a partner. So if you don't have a good partner, it's not worth playing. But we were playing spades, and my friend would, would bring poker chips. And uh, every once in a while, we'd, he'd want to play poker. And I was like, that's so stupid. And of course, finally, we played a tournament. And of course, I won. It was like a five-person tournament. I won, and I was hooked. And slowly, very slowly, I started playing poker after that. It took me a long time to ever play even for real money. And uh I think I started playing around 2005 or six, but I never even went to a casino until 2011. So it was just, I was playing, but it was like, you know, free or $5 or, you know, nothing big. So that's how I slowly got into poker. Um, did you ask how I got into the vlogging? Yeah. How did you get into that vlogging? Okay. So I don't like poker vlogs and I don't watch them, which is kind of weird because now I'm one of the top vloggers, but I just didn't really find them that interesting. And people would ask me, hey, you, sh you should do a poker vlog. And I'm like, I am not going to walk around a casino 
holding a camera and talking to it. I'm just not me. I'm not going to do that. And that's what I thought a poker vlog was. And friends kept saying, you should, you should do it. You should do it. I think it'd be great. And I was like, I just don't want to do that. So uh, I had talked a lot to uh, the GM here in Houston, my major, Mike Major, about, you know, some way to stream the poker game or something, because that's something I found interesting. I watch a lot of streams online, and I had interest in being a part of a stream, but since nobody knew who I was. There's no way we were going to start streaming and get viewers and have any fun. So he suggested, why don't you just record your sessions and chop them up? And that's basically where the idea is like, well, I guess that would be a poker log. So I started, okay, let me try that. So I did my first video, put it out, and people were like, wow, this is actually pretty good. I said, okay, well, let me make another one. And that's how we started going with poker vlogs. Is originally, I wanted to do a stream with the table, people talking and having fun. And we ended up, or we, I ended up uh, just going with doing the poker vlog style where we just do hands. There's no, you know, walking around a casino. There's no drone shots or me getting ready for the game. It's just all poker. So the original idea was to do some sort of cool stream like you guys are doing in Austin. But uh, it ended up being a poker blog. <laughs> so you ended up doing something you really didn't want to do. And, it, and it, it's an awesome blog, by the way. I watch it as many times as I can. Tell me, you know, you've been doing this six months, right? Yeah. Over 20,000 viewers, if I'm not mistaken, or, or yeah. that you have on your, uh, right your up, YouTube. Yeah. That, that's pretty amazing. But can you put that in perspective for us? Tell us. Where does that rank with the other poker vloggers? I mean, are you in the middle of the pack? Are you at the bottom of the pack, top of the pack? Where, where do you rank with other poker bloggers, vloggers, or do you even know that stat? I, I do know, and there's one thing interesting. Uh, Johnny Vibes, who recently came to Texas Cardhouse Houston as for a meetup game, I remember at the beginning of the year, he put a tweet out, and he was talking about how you know poker things didn't go well uh, as far as his bankroll and whatnot, but he was really happy that he had doubled his viewers in the last year. And I went and looked, and at the time that he said that, he had 20,000 viewers. So he went from 10 to 20 as a guy who's been playing on live streams for years, and I went from zero to 20 in half that time. Wow. How, much would kinda, you, how much would you attribute that to playing in a city like Houston? I mean, there's a huge market there. I think the market wants to support itself from within and they they kind of wanted you know i won't say character like but but someone like you to to kind of cheer and watch and have have him be kind of like a hometown hero i mean you have others like fireman scott but he's more in the plo world i mean yours you're kind of like the city's the city's guy for poker right now that's that's huge for building that market yeah i definitely think that's part of it i think the number one contributor is just there's there's vlogs and then we have crazy cash games you can watch on poker go and there's no one kind of on an in-between stakes where they're doing games that are like oh i could maybe play in that game one day but it's also crazy enough that they're like what is going on like why do these people have all this money and why are they going getting all in with these hands and you know it's still crazy enough that they don't they can't relate but they can also relate because oh i know it's in the i know it's in a card room in houston well, I've seen this guy that plays in there, or I've seen the uh, West. I know he plays in there. So if people are interested in the stakes and the game we're playing. It's not too big for them to think it's it's a fantasy world. They can kind of relate, but it's still just a crazy enough game uh, that they're just like, well, I just got to see what's going on. These people, are, these people are nuts. So tell us about that game. What are the blinds of that game? What's the average buy-in? How much is on the table at any one time? Yeah, and the game actually kind of developed – at the exact same time as the vlog. I had a friend that just said, hey, can you think you can put together a 5-10 game at Texas Cardhouse? 
And I was like, yeah, I can probably do that and put this game together. Uh, we didn't have a ton of people show up the first time, but it kind of started the, the idea of, well, maybe we can get this going as a 5-5 game. And it was really easy to say, hey, I'm going to record this game if it was a special game outside of what we normally spread at Texas Cardhouse. So everyone just knew if you're playing in that special game over there, uh, Wes is going to be recording. And that's how it started. The game is 5-5. Um, but the thing is, uh, Mike Major let us create any rules that we wanted. And I adapted some rules from another game I play in, which is basically buying for whatever you want, straddle as big as you want, and let's just have fun. Don't create any rules to prevent people from going crazy and putting a thousand dollar straddle on the button if they want to, you know, if people want to do that, let them do it. So normally we have straddles anywhere from 10, 25 to a hundred, but I'd say in most of the nights, when you get towards the end, you're getting an average of $25 straddles going on um, around the game. So it becomes much bigger than a 5-5 game. So it's maybe closer to a 5-10 or a 10-20 game most of the time. But technically, it's just a 5-5 game. When you're playing your button straddles, uh, are they ultimate last action? No, we actually do something a little bit different is I give under the gun precedence. And the only reason we do that is because we have people that will double, triple, quadruple quintuple straddle in this game right, right as long as you're in the right seats so i'd rather have four people straddling or three people you know let's say i'd rather have four blinds out there with those people all fighting to protect their money or feeling like they've got some investment than just one guy on the button with a 50 dollars straddle who has a huge advantage now we still allow that if the under the under the gun player doesn't straddle but no we definitely don't do the ultimate last action that's one of the craziest uh, options you can have in a straddle, but uh, we definitely do the under the gun and we've had uh, as far as $160. So the 2040, 80, 160, but the biggest straddle we've ever had was, was on the button and it was a thousand dollars and the player did it three different times that night. Wow. Good Lord. That's amazing. That's how, so how much did, how much did you say total is in that game at any one time? Oh man. I know for a fact last game we had, 60 at least 60,000 because two players had 20k in front of them there had to be another 20k on the table so i'd say on average it's probably uh 40k 30 to 40k but last week we had a really big really big game safe to say that if you're looking for a big game texas card house in spring has exactly what you're looking for what nights are you doing this game again the game runs on saturday as long as i'm in town and yeah it's definitely not your normal game just because everyone's just playing and having fun there's not a, there's nobody that's sitting there trying to grind out a living it's a lot of people that are just want to you know i'll say gamble it up even though i don't think poker is a gamble but you know just kind of mix it up have fun uh you know show a few bluffs it's it's really good crew of people you know if you if you are a fun player that kind of like you know isn't sitting there not talking you're going to attract those kind of people in your game so it's a lot of people just talking and having fun and playing poker yeah. Now I've, I've known Wes for a long time. I, he used to play down at Post Oak. That was where I first uh, came across you. And you're, you're wearing a hat. Our viewers, our listeners can't see, but it says Razor on it. Tell us about Razor. What is that? Yeah. Razor clothing. It's a poker clothing line I started. I didn't like anything that was out there related to poker. So, you know, you had these shirts that say, I don't even fold my laundry. And, and that was basically the type of clothing you could get for poker. And I wanted more of like a skater style or a surf style, uh, you know, maybe something that just has a picture of a king or something interesting on it. And that's that's when I started Razors. I felt like there might be a need for that. 
And if you go to razorclothing.com, you can see most of the designs have some sort of artwork or something related to it. It's not just a bunch of you know words or jokes about poker. And again, that's uh, razor clothing. And which, which came first, the vlog or the clothing? Yeah, the clothing actually started in 2016 in wow. October. So it's actually been going for a while. I haven't done anything huge to promote it, but I did support a lot of the guys on Twitch that were streaming, made some big relationships with them for a while, which really got the brand going early in 2016 and 17. But, you know, I'm not out there. Oh, actually, I did have a commercial, a Heartland Poker Tour. Uh, some friends, I made friends with the, the guys that run the Heartland Poker Tour, and they did actually run a commercial for me one uh, December during Christmas time, and they ran it over multiple episodes of their TV show, and it actually made a big difference and got a lot of uh, sales from that. But I don't really put a lot of money into advertising. I just want it to be something that people talk about and buy because they heard they saw their friend wearing one or they heard about it on the vlog or something. Very cool. I like it. I think the style is very cool. I'm sure a lot of poker players agree it's it's better than having that shirt that says i don't even fold my laundry that's kind of a kind of yeah. a kid shirt so what's next for you now i mean you've got this vlog going you've done 20 vlogs if i'm not mistaken are you about to release your 21st one yeah i'm working on 21 and so well, you know where do you see this going what's what's the future for your vlogs when i started i didn't really set any goals or expectations um and i guess that's kind of how i do a lot of things that are ventures it's just like let's just see what happens and develop a plan from there. So right now, what do I see? I mean, I see that, you know, the, the, we're doing these, uh, not official meetup games, but I've been traveling to Austin and, and playing on the live stream and you know, maybe come in Friday, either commentate or play one three with people. And I'm getting a lot of people um, that are recognizing me and coming up and saying, hi, I want to take a selfie. And that's even happening when I travel to Choctaw most recently to play tournaments. I'm on the casino floor walking through a random guy stops and goes, hey, 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 Wes, you don't know me, but can I get a picture, you know? And I was just like, wow, that's kind of weird, but I guess that's where we're at now. So, you know, the meetup game is something that uh, I'm not going out there right now pushing to have places uh, bring me in just because I don't know what I can bring in. I don't know the numbers at this point, but, you know, the logical step that you've seen in the vlogging world is those guys do those meetup games, um, but they've been around for two years. A lot of people, uh, fans, you were talking about earlier, asking me where I was. Maybe we can jump back to that question in the whole vlog thing. Um, the two big guys are, have over 100,000 uh, subs. And then from there, most of the guys below that have maybe 30,000 or lower. But subs doesn't really measure how many views you're getting. So all the guys that have the 30,000 range subs are getting less views per video than I'm getting currently. So I would say I'm in the top three, but I'm really far away from the top two guys. Okay. So Wes, is poker your main source of income? Like, are you consider are you consider yourself a professional poker player? No, I always say on my poker vlog, I'm not a professional poker player. And people who watch the vlog don't understand what that means. And I have my own business that I run. I own websites that I created uh, that make money. They're, they offer services to people. And that's what I do for a living. I don't use my poker money to pay any bills or to do anything with. Now, I did win a tournament for $107,000. Um, I did take half that money and put it in savings. And I did take half that money and put it in the bankroll. And then I did buy an iPad. So I guess I can say I bought an iPad. But I don't really use the money from poker other than to put it back in poker and travel and go to the World Series and do poker-related things. It pays for all my uh, hotels and airfare and whatnot. 
So it's not. That's like the best of both worlds. You have yeah. income coming in. You don't have to, you know, you take a loss and it's okay. I mean, it's never fun, but it, you know, it, you've got separate forms of income. That's where you can actually play. And it I, probably, you could argue that it makes you a better player, not having that fear of this is also my rent money. Yeah. That is something that I've talked to. So I have some friends that, uh, you know, were dealers that try to play for a living and maybe at the time they were in Houston, I remember telling them, you know, I have an advantage when we're playing in a cash game because I'm not risking any percent of my life money when I'm playing and it means nothing if the money, so I have ability to maybe bluff more often or call off flight more often because that loss isn't going to affect much. I mean, I still have a bankroll and I manage that bankroll. Of course. The reality is if I went to zero, I would have a way to get, you know, start back over. But, um, so then with the vlogging, I mean, is that more just a passion or cause it's, it sounds like you're a winning player. So you've got the income coming in there and you've got other jobs. And so what made you want to take on the vlogging, so to speak? Like it's not necessarily to get rich. Not many people get rich in vlogging. It's you have to must be really passionate about putting out that product. So when I started, it was just, let's, let's see what happens. And at this point, it's a mixture of things. Number one, I, I find, although the work isn't that fun, you know, you're sitting for, like I was saying, I start on Sunday night. I start chopping. I watch the entire uh, session in 4x speed and mark down hands that are interesting. So then on Monday, I'm going to have to chop all that video together. So put it one after another each hand. And then by Tuesday, I'm putting the graphics on and Wednesday doing the commentary. And each of those days isn't really that fun. The commentary is my favorite day. But putting out the entire product at the end and seeing people's reactions that's so much fun. You know, you're an entertainer now. You're, you have a product you've put out that people are consuming and they like, and you get a lot of reward from seeing what people think and just even seeing the, the views and the likes go up. But yeah. the reality is it does make money on YouTube and I am still a businessman. You know, I still do still have a business that I run that happens to be the internet. So anything in my personal um, opinion that I can make money on the internet is part of my business. And pretty quickly, I realized it could bring in or was bringing in more money than I thought it would. I thought in the beginning, this isn't going to make anything. And in the first month, I was like, wow, this is kind of more than I thought it would be. So it is kind of a business at this point. Are there times that you go and play when you're not in vlogging mode? You're just playing for yourself. And I mean, do, do you notice any differences in your play when you're on camera or not on camera? I started out picking and choosing the sessions, you know, I'm going to record this one. Oh, this, this game looks small. I won't record it, but I got to where I remember one time I went to Texas Cardhouse Houston. I bought into a game for $600. Couldn't even buy in for what I normally like to, which is a full thousand of the one, three game. And I ran that up to over $4,000 and I was so mad. I didn't record any of it because I just thought, Oh, this is like a one-off Thursday. I'm not normally here on this day. This game's not that big. I'm not going to record it. So I've gotten to where now I record every session just in case something happens. And I don't think I play any differently. I'm never thinking about what something's going to look like because the reality from the beginning, I knew I don't have to show every hand. You know, if I do something stupid or I do something amazing, I can decide I don't want people to know that I'm capable of doing that amazing thing or I don't want people to see that stupid thing. But the reality is people like to see the stupid thing. So if I make a big mistake, I'll put it on there and just say, look at this mistake I made. I should have done something else. But yeah, I have control yeah. of what I put on there. But 
Yeah, one thing I wanted to mention that I thought was very interesting that's and, and, and a lot of other ones do it. I've watched more of your vlog than I think of any of the other ones. Just obviously you play at the Texas Card House, you come out to Austin. Um, I really enjoy it. And one of the things I like is that you're not afraid to show the mistakes like that you make personally. And, and, and so you're seeing, I sat there, I was like, man, I could see myself doing that or like, Oh shit. Like I, like that's happened to me before. And so, uh, or I've made that call and I don't play as much poker as you guys do, but I could still relate to it. And so I think that's important. The fact that, and I'm not saying other vloggers don't do it. Maybe they do, but I thought that was kind of refreshing because it's not like if you go watch some video, on like how to play poker, they're showing you all the right things to do, but sometimes watching someone make the wrong decision or, bluff in the wrong way or just or do something and it's sometimes that's as informative as anything you can watch and so i thought that was very interesting i know you're not doing it to teach but just watching it it was very interesting to me to see that approach to where you're showing both the good and the bad yeah and the whole not doing it to teach i'm not a coach you know a lot of that was just there's so many trolls on the internet and when you're new to something my first exposure to these people was just people going dude who do, who do you think you are you know like the actual trolls and i was just like you know what I'm tired of these people just saying stuff. I know they're going to say things, but maybe if I just explain, guys, this is entertainment. This is for fun. I'm not trying to go out there and say you should play this way. I'm not even saying I do this for a living. Just chill out and watch the videos. So the whole thing about the videos not being you know, for training, whatever, it's true. Um, there should be more entertainment. I'm not saying you should play like me and that everything's going to work. But the reality is I'm going to say things. I'm going to talk about concepts that I know are winning concepts. And uh, I think in the beginning, I was shying away from putting losing hands or mistakes on there. And I think I put some, I felt like I was putting some, but then I did see the comments people said, I'd like to see some more losing hands, not just winning hands. So now I'm pretty much wide open. Uh, I look at a hand and just say, is it interesting? It doesn't matter if I, if I won or lost the hand. And I just try to put something on there that was an interesting part of the session. Yeah, and what you just mentioned, I don't know you, I don't know if you went back and watched it, but the last time you were on TCH Live, this, the second time, which is the last time, someone, one of those trolls in chat saying, oh, you know, why would anybody listen to what this guy says? And literally you had 10 people in the chat like, hey, this is for entertainment. You know, he's showing you the good with the bad. And so there were a lot of your, a lot of your viewers came to your defense very quickly in that. I thought that was interesting because you're always going to have those people that are like, who does this guy think he is? You know, like he's, you know, who's he to teach us how to play poker? Because most poker players think that they're better than they are. I'm one of them. <laughs> and so I'm just telling you, like, 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 that's just the mentality of a lot of people when they go to play poker. But uh, it's refreshing to see, you know, both sides of the coin, whatever you're playing, the good and the bad. And that's one of the parts I'm still struggling, struggling with is, uh, you know, how much to respond. I actually had some interesting stuff happen this week where some pretty strong trolling happened. I was actually told even to go hang myself this week on the comments. And this was all about me saying that I was thinking about offering people to give me a small fee to review their poker hands in a video, which I thought people might like more so just because it's me someone that they watch versus, hey, this is you know totally worth the $10 you're gonna send me to review your hand. And I got some backlash and kind of in part of response to that, even though I keep saying I'm not a pro, I'm not a trainer, I did post my results just to kind of shut some people up. And I've won almost $200,000 in the last three years playing poker. So it's not like I'm out there a break even player, um, but I just know that the, I don't have maybe all the math concepts down that somebody like Jonathan Little does who puts out very good training videos. I might get stumped on a question. I might not play a hand correctly. I may say something on the vlog 
and then someone can point out, oh, what you said isn't correct. That's going to happen. I'm not trying to be a coach, but it doesn't mean I'm not a winning player that's, you know, crushing the games that I play in. So I'm trying to still find the balance between not having to, you know, respond to everything and prove everything, but at the same time, not just letting everybody think that, yeah, I'm a nobody. Yeah, it's it's how you would play the not just like coach, it's like, hey, I'll review it and this, I'll tell you how I would have played it. I mean, like, you know, that's yes. here's the thing, that that is entertainment. I think it'd be entertaining for a lot of people to 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 see. So I think that's a cool, a cool concept. I, and starting starting today, I'm actually doing uh some free hand reviews. So I'm thinking about doing a hand per day minimum where somebody can send a hand. I mean, we've got a thread going now. If you guys check out my YouTube channel and the community tab. And I'm just going to do a video response to at least one hand per day, post it on YouTube and post it on um, Instagram. I'm going to try the YouTube stories feature and I'm at least probably the first day I'm probably going to do five or six, but I'm just going to do a bunch of free ones and get it out there. Maybe this is something I can do every day. I think it's a new type of concept or content that people would like. I think that's a great idea because I was about to ask you, where do I send my $10 for you to review my hands? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I, that's the thing is I was getting people sending me hands. So I, it's not like I don't, you know, I knew that people would be interested and I was just kind of curious, you know, you know, 10 bucks poker, is cheap. 10 bucks is really cheap. Well, my, here's my problem was because of the, you know, everyone's in a different financial situation and thinks differently and poker makes you think really differently about money. And my first thought was like 25 bucks. And then I started thinking about like, that's, that's probably a lot of money just for one hand. I actually don't know what the average person would want to pay. So I started a poll you know, if I did this on a one week only basis, I'm only going to do it one week. What would you, you know, what do you think you would pay? And that's where people really got into, who do you think you are? I can't believe you're trying to make money off of us. And it just blew my mind. You kind of have to take the good with the bad. Like Ryan said earlier, I mean, if you're going to have people come up to you at uh, Choctaw and, you know, want to take selfies with you and, and tell you how great you are, you're going to have to take the the trolliest of the trolls calling yep. you out and telling you all these bad things. I think that's just the way it goes. Yeah, we we're having the same kind of things pop up in TCH Live. You know, um, we have guest commentators on all the time. As a matter of fact, almost I mean, you you commentated, and we, which we had very great feedback on. So thank you, by the way, we appreciate that. And the I know our our watchers liked it a lot, but it doesn't matter who you have in there. It, there's going to be at least four or five just pure trolls in there, just saying crap. And it's it's not even personal. They're just saying it to try to get a reaction, uh, to see if they can get the person that's talking loud to mention them or talk back to them or something. And so. It's crazy that people waste their time doing that stuff, but it's just it's just part of it's just part of the online. Um, it's just a part of being online. I mean, uh, you, you got to deal with it, and so it's yeah. and some people deal with it better than others, but you got to have thick skin. And I tell you, I think I think you know your success um, is a testament to to the fact that most people like what you're doing, and so I would just say ignore the haters and just keep going. Yeah. How about a uh, episode, a future podcast episode that we just call out all these uh, trolls and like, name <laughs> them one by one? <laughs> yeah. Hire like a private investigator, find out who they are, and just start posting their dirt. <laughs> That's one of the things when you're online, like no one thinks it's ever going to come back to get them. Like you, you feel anonymous and so you feel like there's no uh-huh. repercussion for saying stuff. And that's what sucks about, you know, you know some, of these, some of these internet forums and chat areas is just, you know, people just say whatever they want. And in some scenarios, it's a good thing, but in a lot of areas it's not. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. This story may not be good for the, uh, for the podcast. It may be great for the podcast, but I, I'm a little sensitive because I, I own websites. That's what I do for a living. One of my websites is namingforce.com where we name businesses through a contest format. And I had a, a, a namer as I call them. So somebody who's trying to submit names for a business who was upset, they broke some rules 
They were emailing me constantly and I finally just removed them from the site. And this was before they did the proper steps to claim the $300 that they had won. And they spent all this time sending me all these emails saying that I had been stealing from them and I finally blocked them. And then they started actually, they looked up my wife's where she worked and they started emailing her. She's a teacher at an elementary school. Jeez. They started emailing her. She's a federal employee and they're emailing her and it starts out like saying, Oh, I'm not, are you sure Wes is okay? Is he mentally healthy? Seems like he's kind of weird. You know, something's going on and it elevated to where at the end he basically says, and I'm going to, well, I'm going to leave it out, but he goes, says, I hope I don't have to blank blank this. And it's kind of a weird term because the blank blank is actually my street name. Yeah. Wow. So he's basically saying, I know where you live. I have your address, which isn't that hard to find, but basically a threat that I hope I don't have to come to your house and settle this. And he didn't live in Houston, but it didn't matter. So now the cops have to get involved and it was just a whole sticky situation. So I'm a little bit extra sensitive to even some of the stuff online is yes, they're hiding behind, but I know I've had some people that were willing to be threatened to come and make it not online anymore. Yeah. That's uh, crazy. That's life in the limelight, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> Golly, unfortunately. So, well, look, we're coming up on about 30 minutes. Uh, any other questions or comments? I mean, I, I have one question I want to ask uh, for you, Wes. What do you do outside of poker and outside of your work? Like what else, what else does Wes like to do when he's not playing poker or working? Sadly, it's all poker and working, but the, as far as hobbies, I'm actually an artist and I've done a lot of drawing in my life. If you guys go to my Instagram, uh, I don't really have a section now. You'll probably have to scroll for a while, but I do post stuff on there and I do a lot of what I used to do was colored pencil drawing and I do what I consider photorealism. It's trying to make a photo as realistic as possible. And I've done that for a long time and most recently I've transitioned to drawing on an iPad um, maybe I can, when this podcast goes out, I can post something, uh, towards the top of my Instagram that people can see yeah. that I posted previously, but yeah. So now I actually draw on an iPad, which makes it so much easier to just pick up and put down and not have to get all set up with all these. I mean, I have over a hundred colored pencils and got all this giant, I'm doing normally large drawings that, you know, take up your whole, uh, lap and they're you know, maybe two and a half feet wide or three feet wide. So it's a lot easier doing an iPad. I haven't printed anything yet, but that's the plan is I actually have a drawing I'm finishing up soon that I'll probably actually uh, even sell some prints of. So that's probably, that's probably the main thing on the side that I do. If I'm, if I'm not playing poker, I'm not working, I would probably uh, do some drawings. What about that, uh, the lost dog thing you were doing? Are you still doing that? Yeah, so one of my websites is phytofinder.com and it's a lost and found dog website that I started in 2004. So that was my very first venture into what if I made a website that could offer services and make money and it took off. I don't want to say it took off right away, but it made money right away and it took off and got very big. And it was basically one of the main reasons why in 2008, I did quit my job as a programmer developer to work full time for my own business. So I have Fido Finder for dogs and basically you lose a golden retriever. This guy finds a golden retriever. We notice those are both golden retrievers in the same area and we match you guys up. Very simple concept. And then I have the same thing for cats called Tabby Tracker. And those were the first two ideas I ran with. Um, I've had a couple ideas come and go, but as I was coming up with those ideas, I felt like I was pretty good at naming those. So I started the Naming Force site to get a bunch of people who are creative together and can name businesses and do a contest format for people that can't spend tens of thousands of dollars to do branding and to create a name for their business. They can maybe only have a couple hundred dollars they can put up. 
and we can create a market for those people to create names for their businesses. So those are the big three right now that I have going. I have a couple other small ones. Of course, I have Razor Clothing, but the big three are those three sites that I that make up my actual business. Man, you're a busy guy. Yep. For Sam, Bill, any other questions uh, uh, that you guys have before we wrap this one up? Put a bow on it. No. When are we going to see you again, uh, Wes? Where are you coming to the, uh, the, the the big party in Austin this weekend? Only because it was so uh, so soon after the last trip, and I am also supposed to come back in March and go to Vegas in March. I'm not going to be coming up this weekend. I got so just too many too many trips back to back to back to add that one in. But I I, I wish I, I wish it was a different weekend so I could make it. All right. Well, we'll see you around Springs Card House for sure. For sure. Yeah, we need to get a date set for you in March uh, to come play on the stream. So we'll, we'll we'll get together with you on that in the next couple of days. Sam, anything else you have? No, man, that was it. I'm super, super excited about this one and can't wait for you to come back to Austin and host another game. Yeah, me too. Good stuff. Well, man, thank you for coming on. Uh, we'll certainly be in touch and uh, we'll get a date set up for you in March to come out to pay on TCH Live. Uh, and until then, thank you very much. And everyone for listening, thank you and have a good day.